Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. You know, I was reading Near Christianity uh, several years ago, and, and by the way, I'm going to just set something. Uh, when I say I was reading, I read a lot of books, but I also listen to a lot of audio books. And so there may be a time where I'm dishonest, where I said I was reading, but actually I was listening to it on an audio book, but I can't remember which it was. So when I would say I was reading, maybe I'll come up with a better phrase. I was either reading or listening to uh, the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, and he shared this, and it really brought out this insight. People need more to be reminded than instructed. I thought that was powerful. People need more to be reminded than instructed. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take some time. To, the title uh, of the, uh, the message today as we dig into God's word is don't back off. And what we're going to do is really look at uh, uh, remembering this journey we've taken with just give me Jesus uh, to remember some of the takeaways God spoke in our lives so that we're putting them into practice. So, uh, as we, and so what I'm going to do, I'm going to take about three hours of content and give it to you in about 25 minutes. And so we're going to take three hours of content and give it to you in about 25 minutes. I really believe that it's going to bring great application to each one of our lives to really look at what C.S. Lewis shared about. What is it that I forgot that I should have been applying? And so in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49, Jesus shares, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But, one, but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the streams rose against it, immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So let me ask you a question with, by way of raising hands. Who in this building wants to be a fool? If you would, raise your hand. Who in this building wants to be a fool? Okay, right, agree. No, no, no hands raised. Who in, this, who in the building right now wants to be a wise person? Raise your hand. Yeah, you, you want to be wise, you don't want to be a fool. So Jesus is sharing here, the wise person hears Jesus' words and does them. The foolish person hears Jesus' words and does not do them. So the simple explanation here is to be wise you hear Jesus' words and you do them. It's like building your house on the rock. And who is the rock? Remember, it's all about the rock. Jesus is our foundation. And so nothing else is to be our, 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 our main foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone we looked at. He is our foundation. And so uh, we grow in Christ as we hear Jesus' words and we do them. Then we looked at um, 
Mark 6, 30 through 34. And the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He had sent them on a missionary journey, like we're sending out our teenagers uh, this week on a missionary journey. And so he, he sent them out and, uh, uh, on a missionary journey, and he said to them, come, uh, after they came back and they were reporting, he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. And I want us also to remember, uh, there was also current news that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And so Jesus is uh, processing that as well. And, and so they're just wanting to, to get a rest and a break. But then verse 33 says, now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So, so there, there, there is fatigue, from, uh, and so they're getting away to get rest, and there's, uh, there's also this emotional pain and loss of John the Baptist being beheaded. And so uh, what, what we looked at to uh, really grasp from this passage is, how do you minister from a place of fatigue and pain? How do you do that? Because all of us, maybe here today, we're experiencing fatigue and pain. Or, or if we're not right now, we will in the future, one or the other or both. So, so how do you minister from a place of fatigue and pain? Jesus shares there. Uh, he says he had compassion on them. Instead of telling them to go away, he, he saw them as what? Sheep without a shepherd, meaning they have no leader. They're sheep without a shepherd. And so if you're in a place of fatigue and pain, and all of a sudden, you, let's say you're, you're in the stage of life where you have a newborn, and you have a newborn that starts crying, wah, wah, and you're exhausted, you're tired, and, and there's some emotional pain in your life from some other things going on. How do you still bring it? How do you still minister in that situation? You realize you lean on Jesus, but you also have compassion. You realize that the Lord has changed your life, and because of that, other people, including your baby, need that good news. It may be an employee at work that you hired, and you're in a, a very difficult time. You're experiencing some pain, some exhaustion, some fatigue, uh, but this employee needs you. How do you minister in uh, this stage where this employee needs you? You have compassion on them because they're like sheep without a shepherd, that they need leadership. They need Jesus. And so I, I want to encourage you. There's times. Now, the ideal situation for the disciples and Jesus was to get away and get rest so they could have their A game, all right? I, and, and that's really important. And, and you see that in the Gospels too, where he was able to get away and get rest. So I'm not, but there's times where you can't. And so in those times, you got to realize that you follow the example of the shepherd and you have compassion for people and that God will give you the strength to minister even from a place of fatigue and pain. Let's continue on in verse 35. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, 
This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. (laughs) I love that. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? That's 200 days of wages, Jesus. Because there was thousands of people there. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they looked up, they took up the 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men plus the women and children. Thousands and thousands. The big point here is that I want us to not lose sight off is you give them something to eat. Don't back off, push forward. The disciples thought they, they were looking in the natural. Jesus helped the disciples see in the supernatural. Church, God has given us uh, things, tangible things. In this situation, it's food and there was a need where they were hungry because you know, it was getting late. But the point we need to look at is all areas of our life. What has God given us in our hands? Yeah, in the natural, we don't feel like we have enough to provide. But we got to realize in this situation, Jesus is right there. And that he multiplies what he's given us for his glory. For his glory. So what are you facing right now that you're looking in the natural? Where Jesus is telling you, no, no, you give them something to eat. I can multiply what you have. Oh, not in my life. Yes, in your life as well. Which you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, Scripture says he now lives within you. And he enables you to do some supernatural things with your life. So I want to encourage you. I believe all of us need to not back off, but to move forward. Then we looked at Mary and I looked at a woman's encounter with Jesus in Matthew 20, verse 20 through 23. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him and with her sons and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. We really dug into this, and uh, Mary really made the point that all women are called to be daughters. And we really looked at the identity here that, that God dearly loves us. And as we place our faith and trust in the Lord, that we become his sons and daughters, and that God delights in us. Recently, my uh, grandson said to uh, my wife, he, he goes, Graham, I love you with my whole heart. Can I have some chocolate milk? And our, our hearts melted. Here is one of our grandsons asking for chocolate milk, meaning what? God 
delights in his kids. As we as grandparents delight in our grandkids and our kids, but God delights in his kids. God loves you. He's got good plans for you. And as you understand that you're dearly loved by God, all men and women are called to be his sons and daughters. So sons and daughters in the house, children of God, God's got good plans for you. And you live from a place of knowing that you're dearly loved, that God delights in you as you've placed your faith and trust in him. We looked at Mark chapter 4, 14 through 20. The sower uh, sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones who, uh, the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and a hundredfold. What is the, the, what's the heart of good soil here? The, the soil is talking about the human heart. What, what's the good, the heart that receives, a, a, what, that's a reproducing heart? It's the one, let's hear what he, Jesus says, the one who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Listening to the word, and putting it, applying it, obedience, that we're listening to the word and obeying it. And then we looked at Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, Jesus shares in them, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I just breathe easier when I read that pass, this passage of Scripture. I want you to know, I just want to take a, matter of fact, everyone take a, a deep breath with me. All right, now you're ready to read this passage uh, together. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just give me Jesus is about this passage to come to me, meaning come to Christ, and learn from him. Rest in him and learn from Jesus. Jesus is inviting everyone to come to me. Learn from me. He loves you. He wants to teach you. He wants to show you the way to walk. And when you, you stumble, you skin your knee, you mess up, you pick you up, come to Jesus and learn from him again. I encourage you, church, continue to live from a place of learning from him and coming to him. And then we looked at Luke 5, 18 through 20. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the mist before Jesus. 
Scripture says when he saw their faith, he forgave the paralytic his sins, and then after discussions, he healed him. When he saw their faith, he forgave the paralytic his sins and healed him. Church, what are you facing in your life right now? What, what is it where you, you feel this um, uh, compulsion to back off? In this, in this scripture, uh, there was, it was too big a crowd to get into the house. They couldn't get in. So instead of trying to come back some other time to find Jesus, they realized that Jesus was in the house. And that they knew they needed to get their friend to Jesus. So they climb up on the roof and they cut a hole in the roof to lower their friend to Jesus. See, I believe one of the things that we need to make sure we do is not back off but to cut the hole in the roof. That we get, what do we need to do? We need to get to Jesus. Scripture says that those who seek him with all their heart will find Jesus. And this is for those who are lost that don't know Jesus. But this is for also, this message is for all of us who know Jesus. We gotta push through all this, all the resistance. In this life, every one of us, we're gonna face resistance at times. So we need to cut the hole in the roof. We need to, to get to Jesus. Where are you being held back? Where have you been limited? Where you need Jesus? Or where are your friends being held back? This paralytic needed some friends to bring him to Jesus. Who in your life needs you to help bring them? They're in such a place of pain and fatigue in their life right now. They can't even, they need other people to help carry them. We've all been there where I needed someone to carry me at times. Maybe it's not you. Maybe you need to carry someone else to Jesus. I want to encourage you. Healing is in Jesus' name. Healing is in the house. As we're launching uh, small groups, and the beauty of what's happening in small groups is that as we join together the different houses uh, and we're doing these uh, community groups together, there's healing. There's people getting sa- growing in the Lord, getting saved, just being discipled in the Lord. Why? Because Jesus is in the house. But guess what? That house that Jesus was ministering in, someone owned that house. That was someone else's house. But they opened it up for Jesus to minister in. Isn't it awesome that people are opening their homes up in our community all around Somerville to, to have people's lives changed for the glory of God? But the healing is not in the person opening the house. That's one of the steps. But the healing is that Jesus is in the house. I feel like too many times we back off when we're about to experience breakthrough. Too big of a crowd. Too challenging of circumstances. I want to encourage you. Cut the hole in the roof. Jesus is in the house. Don't let the circumstances of life rip you off of God's best in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. So if you want to make headway, you need a... I want us to see the serve day slide up here. 
as we took this picture a couple of Saturdays ago, and as all of us were, were gathered together, and what we did in three hours ministering, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing what all of us did as we came together, then spread out to do ministry and care for people throughout our city. In three hours, look what God did. Can you imagine what God has in store for you at Summerbrook Church? Of what God wants to do in and through you and then use you to make a difference. Church, at just such a time as this, God divinely brought you here to Summerbrook Church to come together with a body of believers right here in Somerville, South Carolina to make a difference for his glory. So I want us to see the four friends brought their friend to Jesus and the, his, his life was changed. He was healed and radically changed and he got saved. I believe God's doing a special work in your lives. And it's something individually, but it's also corporately as the family of God. So what, what's your role, what's your place, what's your takeaway of that's right now God's speaking to you? Let me, as we land here this morning, several things that we looked at. Obedience is very important, that you hear Jesus' word and do it, that you realize that Jesus is the foundation. Maybe there's some areas in your life right now where you're being disobedient, where you're being disobedient with the Lord has spoken to you, and you know it. Or you didn't know it till right now, and God just put his uh, spotlight in an area of your life that you've been disobedient in. Repent, start obeying, and realize Jesus is your foundation. It may be that you've put your trust in other things instead of the Lord, and you needed to be reminded this morning that Jesus is the rock. It's all about the rock, that Jesus is our foundation, our cornerstone. Some of you... And this is maybe me sometimes, uh, one of the areas God's speaking to me is that sometimes I look too much at the circumstances instead of the Jesus, the multiplier. That Jesus multiplies the bread. Jesus multiplies what's in your hand for his glory. It may be that you haven't had compassion on others. You've just had a terrible attitude. You want to blame everyone else. You can't stand anyone hardly at all. You're struggling to even love your spouse if you're married. I mean, it's just a tough time. Come back to Jesus and realize how much he loves you, how much he forgave you of. And from that, he'll, he'll touch your heart, help you soften up for to have compassion and minister to others. Also, I want to encourage you, you feed them. Church, you feed them. You feel like you, you've been trying to uh, get someone else to do it. And, and sometimes that needs to happen. But the Lord might be speaking to you right now. You give them something to eat. You're wanting someone else, and, and I want to lean in too. And also feed yourself. You, maybe you haven't fed yourself spiritually. You haven't had a consistent personal time with the Lord, and you need to feed yourself. But I really want to lean in. You need to be helping feed others in many areas. And I'm not just talking food. I'm talking spiritually in many areas. It may be your takeaway that you need to realize that you need to minister from a place of knowing you're a son and daughter of God. It can get really weary walking and serving for Jesus Christ if you lose focus on that you're, you're his child and he delights in you and he loves you. 
may be that uh, you haven't accepted the word and, and you're not bearing fruit. You've gotten caught up in the world while living in the world. It's easy to do. So I encourage you to accept the word and bear fruit. Be reminded his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Church, every one of us need to remember that Jesus is in the house and that we need to cut the hole in the roof to get to Jesus. And no matter what circumstance we're facing, no matter what resistance, what friction we're facing, that we need to cut the hole in the roof to get to Jesus and continue to do it. We need to not just do it one time, but we need to continue day in, day out, persevering, getting to Jesus. He lives within us, but what happens, we get clouded out that he's in control, that he's right there because of the resistance we're facing. So let's come back to the place of, yeah, it's a challenge at times, but cut the hole in the roof and get to Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, whatever the takeaway is for each one of us, I pray that you would show us, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. There's so much here. God, thank you for reminding us of your word. And God, I pray that you would bring application in each one of our lives of where there are areas that we need to be applying. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say together, amen, amen.